Now, we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Melissa Moore. Hi, it's Melissa Moore. Thank you so much for joining us on this Sunday morning for Mile High Magazine. And a big issue in this country is eating disorders. So I'm thrilled to have with me this morning three women to talk about this issue. Dr. Elizabeth Easton, who's the National Senior Director. Also with us this morning is Sabrina Skanga of the Eating Disorder Foundation. You're the program director there. And then we also have the executive director, Danny Gillity. Good morning. Good morning. A lot of titles to get in there. I know. Good job. (laughs) Well, let's first talk about some of the basics. And Dr. Easton, we can talk with you really quick. Tell me what exactly is an eating disorder? Because I know that we've had more things come under that category here as of late. Absolutely. Eating disorders are serious, biologically based uh, behavioral and and mental diseases. Um, So what most people commonly know them as are anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, mm-hmm. um, more and more discussions about picky eating with young kids. That's actually referred to as avoidant restrictive food intake disorder or okay. ARFID. Um, and then you also have binge eating disorder, which is not as commonly talked about, but needs to be discussed more. Right. And what else did I read? What is diabulimia? So diabulimia is, it's not an official diagnosis, but okay. what it ultimately is referring to are people with type 1 diabetes that manipulate their insulin use, so manipulate their medication for their diabetes Mm -hmm. in a way to be able to lose weight, um, to manipulate their bodies in some way. Wow. And then what would be, because I saw this is also something new, orthorexia. So orthorexia is the focus on healthy eating, clean eating. And what often comes with that in addition to that is compulsive exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very similar, again, not a true diagnosis in the in our diagnostic manual, um, but it's commonly discussed similar to diabulimia as these kind of subtypes to okay. anorexia or bulimia. I know no one is immune from having an eating disorder, but who, who do you usually see that's affected? So I think what we've always thought of as the common teenage female high achieving uh, is no longer true. Mm-hmm. So both males and females, um, girls and boys, kids as young as eight, seven, um, adults as old as 60s, 70s, uh, it really, it, it does not discriminate based on age, gender, uh, socioeconomic status. We need to be looking for it everywhere. For somebody in their 60s, somebody who's eight years old, I mean, those are extreme ages mm-hmm. to think of when you think of an eating disorder. Is there something that triggers that? Eating disorders are about mismanaged emotion. So ultimately, it's not being resilient enough to manage the emotions that come with being a human being, to okay. having life changes, um, to having body changes, hormone changes. That's why it hits the whole lifespan. And is that why, too, that it falls under a mental illness? Absolutely. So you see both behavioral, psychological, and medical concerns with this diagnosis. Okay. And I know that you are the National Senior Director at the Eating Recovery Center, and we're also talking today with the Eating Disorder Foundation here in Denver. How do those things work together? We really rely on them as a partner to help us with outreach, uh, prevention, treatment, and support. All right. Well, let's talk now with you, Sabrina. You are the program director at the Eating Disorder Foundation. Tell me about some of the programs that you have as we're talking about outreach, as we're talking about support. How do you work in the community? Absolutely. So as far as outreach goes um, and what Elizabeth said in in the term of prevention, because that seems like a really big task um, ahead of us. So one of the things that we do in the community is provide free educational presentations to schools, 
any organizations that will have us come in, talk to their staff, um, or anyone that's interested in learning more information. What are signs and symptoms um, to look for for someone who might be struggling with an eating disorder? Um, how do you help? What can you say? What are things not to say? Um, and, and what are the resources currently in the community? And, and really helping people with the barriers that exist when someone is affected or a family member or a loved one um, is affected by an eating disorder in their life. There's a lot of things. It's very complex. So really teaching people, giving them examples of how to be compassionate with all of that. Mm-hmm. And we also offer free support groups at our location. We have about nine weekly support groups and also some groups in Boulder. Um, we're trying to get some in Fort Collins and Colorado Springs as well. Um, and our support groups are facilitated by professionals who volunteer their time, who work with eating disorders, disordered eating, and body image, mm-hmm. um, and really provide that, whether it's they've been through a treatment center before and they need some continuing connection in the community, um, or they've never even said the words eating disorder out loud and they don't know where to begin. It's a really wonderful place to to understand that you're not alone mm-hmm. in these struggles, um, and it's not something to do alone and by yourself, that it really takes on leaning on a community. And as we're talking about eating disorder support groups, are they broken down into ages, into sexes? Like, how does how do those groups look? Yes. We have several different groups. We have an adolescent group that involves the guardian of that individual, ages 13 to 17. We have specialists who work with adolescents and eating disorders specifically, and we have an 18-up individual group. No one needs to be diagnosed or have um, a clinical diagnosis of an eating disorder. So mm-hmm. if someone's struggling with their body image or they don't really understand yet um, what is an eating disorder and is this something that they're affected with, mm-hmm. um, they're welcome to come in and, and the that's a great conversation to start. Okay. And let's talk a little bit about the Eating Disorder Foundation. Uh, for folks that are listening right now and want to know more or feel like, man, I think you're talking about me, where do they start? Is it a phone number? Is it a website? Calling us is a great first step. Our phone number is 303-322-3373. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have staff and volunteers that that answer phone calls. Um, and also our website lists all of our support groups and times and our website is www.eatingdisorderfoundation.org. Wonderful. And Danny Gillidy, who's the executive director of the Eating Disorder Foundation, let's talk to you a little bit because this is an important time of year to get the word out. Back to school time. Why is that? Yeah, this can oftentimes be just a stressful time of year for the kiddos and for the parents as schedules change and routines change. Um, so just it's important to reach out into your community and get support if needed. Um, we do have a family and friend support group that I wanted to mention for parents and caregivers or siblings or partners, whoever might be struggling. Um, they can come and support their learn how to support their loved ones and also get the support they might need. But in general, this time of year, just when things shift, in general, as kids are transitioning, things oftentimes come up. And talk a little bit about, I know you have some uh, school programs as well that you offer through EDF. Yeah, so we go into schools and give free presentations to kiddos in their classrooms. We'll go into elementary schools and we'll go to colleges and anywhere in between and just give them the 101 of what an eating disorder is, what might you need to look out for, symptoms, signs, and so forth, and really getting them engaged in what they have in their community if they need additional support or care. And Dr. Easton, let's talk to you about that, because if it is a stressful time, like we're hearing that it is, what kind of signs and symptoms are parents and caregivers looking for? 
So parents know their kids best. They are the experts on how their kids function. They're in rhythm. They're wired to them. Pay attention to your intuition. What feels different? What looks different? Are they more isolative, sitting in their bedrooms, avoiding mealtimes? Are they making more comments about their body or more comments about food, uh, liking it, disliking it, good food, bad food, fears in general, but particularly fears around their body size or what food will do to them or their body. Mm -hmm. Um, So just listening for the out of the ordinary that can become obsessive and really can take over their other functioning. So I have a 13-year-old daughter. Uh And in my house, um, we don't use the word fat. We don't talk about dieting and we don't make body comments. That's exactly it. We don't do body shaming of anybody. We don't make negative body comments. We just, you know, we are how we are. Mm -hmm. You know, our bodies are healthy and there aren't bad foods. There are healthier choices. And what can our bodies do for us? And what do they do with us? And how we need to respect and honor and be grateful to Mm -hmm. our bodies instead of just breaking them down and criticizing them. I love that. I love that because unfortunately, I mean, you look on the cover of every magazine And it's just, it's sickening. Yeah. It's sickening the images and the messages that are out there to our young girls. Yeah. It's an uphill battle for sure. Yeah. And their brains are not fully functioning or fully formed, not until the age of 25, 26. So how they filter that information is even more important. So we should look at those things with them. There's no way to avoid them. Right. And just help them filter them differently as we can teach them that. That's the greatest thing we can do. Okay. What kind of things, messages... Would you advise parents to be giving to their kids as they're talking about this with them? Uh, There's no shame that they didn't choose this. This happened to them. We often say their brains were hijacked. Um, So they they are now viewing their body and viewing food in a different way. And that was not their choice. However, it is their choice how to respond now, now that they understand more about it. Um, that seeking help is not a weakness. It is our greatest strength and is one of the hardest things to do as human beings to say, I need help. Um, or I'm overwhelmed. So really encouraging that across the board, whether that's anxiety, depression, eating disorders, no matter what, mm-hmm. being an open space to discuss that without shame or guilt. That's wonderful to hear. And I think it's a message every parent needs to hear mm-hmm. for themselves as well. There are so many parents that have suffered through the same thing themselves. And you see it, and at least I have seen it with my friends, that it kind of almost passes down. Yeah. And we don't even think about those moments in the dressing room when you're trying on the pants in front of your child and criticizing your body, that we need to really be able to look at our bodies and say, huh, not the right fit. And to be able to be at least neutral Mm -hmm. or say, man, I love this. I love how this looks or accents this part of my body. So like you said, those positive images. That's great information. Let's talk about, I know the Eating Disorder Foundation is getting ready to do a walk. Is that correct? Yeah. So this year, um, we are partnering with the National Eating Disorders Association, and our walk is going to be on September 9th, starting at 9 a.m. at the Great Lawn Park in Lowry. Um, You can go to our website directly to um, register if you're interested in coming out and supporting us and supporting any individual who might be struggling or in need of support. Um, We really view this walk as an opportunity to share stories of hope, spread awareness, and build a strong community, which is the most important thing. We work with all the treatment teams in Denver um, to come, and they sponsor us, and together we do this um, just for the community, which is the most important thing. 
But if you are interested, please reach out and we can get you registered. Once again, what is that website? Yeah, www.eatingdisorderfoundation.org. Um, or you can go to the NIDA website directly. And Dr. Easton, let's talk a little bit about the Eating Recovery Center here in Denver. What exactly does the center do? So we're the only national, nationally vertically integrated uh, healthcare system dedicated to the treatment of eating disorders. I joined Eating Recovery Center because from the top to the bottom, we are dedicated and specializing in eating disorder care. Um, so the goal is for us to be able to give people care at any level of care with any diagnosis that is related to eating disorders. So uh, inpatient residential, which is kind of 24-hour care, hospitalized care, to day treatment or what we call partial hospitalization. Uh, we also have uh, intensive outpatient programming and outpatient programming as well. Uh, and we're across the country. We're a national program. So here in Denver, for instance, 85% of our families are actually from out of state that actually seek out our program. That's how few programs there are in the country, particularly how few programs really integrate in the family and the caregivers the way that we do. Um, so it's, it's an incredible place, and we're constantly on the cutting edge of looking for new evidence-based practices. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, emotion-focused family therapy is something we brought in in the last year, and we, have, we are dedicating all of our services to getting caregivers what they need in addition to getting patients what they need. What is that therapy? Emotion-focused family therapy is really incredible. I will never work with eating disorders again without it. Uh, it is focused on what emotionally gets in the way of us being the best emotion coaches and behavior coaches. Uh, it was developed by a woman named Adele LaFrance. She's the co-creator of Emotion-Focused Family Therapy, and we're very lucky. She is now uh, more transitioning to the Denver community, so we're very excited to have her here. Um, and she provides a training opportunity both for caregivers and clinicians for how to support caregivers through the process of eating disorders, anxiety disorders, depressive disorders. Uh, it's an incredible model, and it's based on empowerment. That is wonderful. And it sounds like we're very lucky to have uh, the center here in town, too. Yeah, I, I feel very blessed to have, especially having the Eating Disorder Foundation here to support the community. Denver is a hub for people who are seeking eating disorder care. We are very, very honored to have this many services around us. Well, and I love how you work hand in hand together, too. Yeah, it's really important. Dr. Easton, for folks who want to get in touch with you, you are the National Service Director of the Child and Adolescent Services at Eating Recovery Center, ERC, here in town. How do they get in touch with you or your organization? So uh, www.eatingrecoverycenter.com. Um, if you put it into Google, hopefully it's one of the first ones that comes up. We've been trying to clarify that piece. Um, you know, to get in touch with me directly, you can go through the website, uh, reach out saying that you want to get a hold of me, or you can call me directly at 303-731-8156. And do folks need to have a diagnosis before they call you? We encourage everyone to call in and get assessed. Our clinical assessment therapists are therapists. They are trained to diagnose and to assess for eating disorders. We can also then get you connected into the community. If we are not the right level of care, we'll connect you to outpatient services either with us or connect you to community resources. We're happy to help assess. Wonderful. Well, thank you all for being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us here on Mile High Magazine. Have a great Sunday. I'm Melissa Moore. Be blessed.